0: This is the Scottish Football Citizen, bringing you the best of Scottish football from the past. I'm Andy Kerr and in this episode we pay tribute to Walter Smith who sadly passed away at the age of 73 on the 26th of October 2021. A modest man despite his many achievements, Walter Smith will always be remembered in Scottish football as one of the most successful managers of the modern era. Before we take a look back at the life of Walter Smith, here's some trivia about him for you. Smith managed English Premier League side Everton from 1998 until 2002, but which Scottish manager replaced him at Goodison Park? We'll give you the answer at the end of the podcast. On the 15th of May 2011, there was high drama on the final day of the Scottish Premier League. Both of the old firm sides had been staking their claim to the title for months, and it would all come down to the very last day of the season to see whether the ribbons on the trophy would be the blue of Rangers or the green of Celtic. Celtic were playing at home to Motherwell, while Rangers made the trip down the M77 to Rugby Park to take on Kilmarnock, who had bounced back from relegation candidates the previous season to make the top six before Miksu Patelainen left to manage his native Finland. In addition to this game being hugely important for Rangers due to the chance to win a 54th Scottish league title being on the line, it was also to be Walter Smith's last game in football management before retiring. Rangers fans travelled in their droves to Rugby Park and with the away section full to capacity, many Gers fans would be in the home end hoping to witness history. Rangers emerged in their all-black away kit to jeers from the home fans, but it wouldn't be long before it was the away fans celebrating. 47 seconds, to be precise. Kyle Lafferty shot past Cami Bell to make it 1-0 to Rangers and put the Light Blues worries at ease. A second would come very soon afterwards, as former Killie man Stephen Naismith beat Bell once again in the Killie goal. And two minutes after Naismith's goal, Lafferty had scored again to make it 3-0 to Rangers. The news filtered through quickly to Celtic Park and while their fans were treated to a 4-0 defeat of Motherwell, there had been nothing that Neil Lennon's side could do to prevent their great rivals from easing to a famous title. Smith's side clearly weren't satisfied with three goals as it only took them another four minutes after the restart to add a fourth goal through Nikita Jelovic and Kyle Lafferty bagged his hat trick to seal the title for Rangers in the 53rd minute. It was easy street for the light blues for the remainder of the game, with the only cheer for Kenny Shield's side coming from a James Dayton goal. Far too little, far too late for the Ayrshiremen. As referee Craig Thompson blew his whistle to bring the game to a close, Rangers lifted the SPL trophy and celebrated their 54th title win, Walter Smith's 10th Scottish League title and his last as manager. This title win cemented his place as Rangers' second most successful manager of all time, only behind Bill Struth. This is the story of Walter Smith, the boyhood Rangers fan who went on to live the dream with his beloved light blues. Walter Ferguson Smith was born in Lanark on the 24th of February 1948 and grew up in the east end of Glasgow in Carmile. Smith was a Rangers fan from an early age and was taken to Ibrox where he watched the teams of Bill Struth, a man whose success he would later go on to emulate. Like so many young boys in Scotland at the time, young Walter grew up playing football in the streets of Carmile and would play for Douglas Smith's famous Drumchapel Amateurs, a boys club that spawned the career of so many young Scottish players including Alec Ferguson and Archie Gemmell. Away from football, Smith served as an apprentice at the South of Scotland Electricity Board. Having made the grade playing at Drumchapel, Smith then joined the North Glasgow Junior side Ashfield in the early 1960s where he cut his teeth and impressed Dundee United's manager Jerry Kerr. Although in the 1960s Dundee were the larger team in the City of Discovery, United's stature had started to grow thanks to their influential manager Kerr who signed Smith, in November 1966. Smith would make his debut for United's first team in March 1967 against Kilmarnock, but would only play in the first team on a few occasions until the arrival of Jim McLean. Despite having played in a number of positions near the back for the Terrors, McLean moved Smith to centre back where he would remain for the rest of his time playing at Tanadice. One month after McLean was appointed, Archie Knox would sign for Dundee United, and Smith immediately hit it off with Knox. The two would go on to become close colleagues and great friends over the years. Smith would only score three goals for Dundee United in his time at Tannadice, but one of them was to be a significant one in a derby match against Dundee in 1973. After scoring the only goal of the game, Smith then kissed his boot as he celebrated, Looking back in later years he said he was embarrassed by this but since he didn't score many he could at least use the excuse of not having anything rehearsed. Another major moment for Smith came when he was a part of the United team that made the club's first ever Scottish Cup final in 1974 where they were defeated 3-0 by Celtic. It would be the first of many finals for Jim McLean and Dundee United but as Smith's career was going on he was playing less as McLean started to blood new players in the team. McLean would sell Smith in 1975 to Dumbarton for £8,000, around £69,000 today, where he would be managed by Alec Wright and Davie Wilson. Wilson had been one of Smith's heroes growing up as a Rangers fan and had also played for Dundee United towards the end of his career. Smith cemented a regular place in the Suns team and in 1976 he would end up back at Hampden as Dumbarton took on Hearts in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup. Unfortunately, it was to be another day to forget for Smith as he scored the own goal that put the jam tarts through to the final. While Hamden Park might not have been the happiest of places for Walter Smith the player, this would change in later years. Jim McLean would make a surprise move for Smith to bring him back to Dundee United a few years later, paying £4,000 for his services. Smith wouldn't make many more appearances for the Terrors due to a pelvic injury that he sustained, and he hung up his boots at the age of 29. Despite retiring from playing at a young age, he was far from finished with football. It was Jim McLean who would give Smith his first taste in coaching and Jim McLean approached him about it in a way that only Jim McLean could. Smith described the way his boss approached him about coaching like this. He said to me one day in 76-77, at some stage in your career you've got to face up to the fact of how good you are, and let's face it Walter, you're shite, but I think you've got a real talent as a coach, so would you be my coach? It was hardly a marriage proposal. Smith accepted McLean's offer and the two would go on to have a successful partnership in the Tangerine half of Dundee. Some managerial duos have a good cop, bad cop act, where the manager will come across as a bad guy with the assistant being of a kinder temperament towards the players. The United players, however, would describe the managerial duo of McLean and Smith as bad cop, worse cop. Smith and McLean were both stringent disciplinarians who would dish out harsh punishments to players they deemed to step out of line. There are various stories from the United players in the 1980s of the pair dishing out harsh treatment to players. But despite the almost puritanical levels of discipline expected from the players, the two's methods certainly worked on the park. Morris Malpass used to refer to Smith as the Bear, due to his habit of prowling around the home dressing room at Tannadice while McLean gave the team talk or berated players. United's players were famously on low wages with huge win bonuses, so a losing streak would result in players experiencing financial hardship. McLean and Smith's United teams were always at the right end of the table and frequently qualified for the UEFA Cup. McLean's finest moment of all came in 1983, when his team won the Premier Division title at Dens Park, and immediately after the final whistle blew, the cameras immediately pointed towards McLean and Smith celebrating. This was to be Smith's first taste of league success, the first of what would prove to be a great many. The following season saw United go all the way to Rome for the semi-finals of the European Cup against Roma, and despite a win in the first leg at Tanadice, it was to be Roman skullduggery that would see United crash out of the competition. There's a famous photograph taken immediately after the final whistle that shows McLean and Smith trudging off the park and being berated by one of the Roma players who gives McLean the middle finger. The pair would come to see this as a huge missed opportunity to come back to Rome for the final, where they would have faced Liverpool, who ultimately lifted the trophy and gave United fans some consolation. Smith would also serve as the coach of Scotland's under-18s, And achieved success with them by winning the 1982 European Youth Championship in Finland. Scotland finished top of a group that contained the Netherlands, Turkey and Albania before setting up a semi-final against Poland. Smith's side won the semi-final 2-0 and went on to defeat Czechoslovakia 3-0 in the final thanks to goals from John Philibin, Pat Nevin and Gary Mackay. Current Scotland boss Steve Clark told reporters of his first encounters with Walter Smith when Clark was a part of the Scotland squad that went to the World Youth Championship in 1983. Clark was impressed by the level of Smith's coaching while assisting Andy Roxburgh with Scotland young players. The United assistant was proving that he knew a thing or two about tactics and was starting to gain a reputation. By the mid 1980s. The landscape of Scottish football was beginning to change. After years of falling short in title races to the likes of Dundee United, Aberdeen and Celtic, David Holmes took control of Rangers in the mid-1980s and decided that something had to be done to turn the club's fortunes around. The last straw for Jock Wallace, who had returned as manager after John Gregg's unsuccessful tenure managing the Ibrox club, came as he exuberantly celebrated a draw with Celtic by singing songs with offensive lyrics behind the scenes, Holmes wanted to project the image of a modern club that would move away from the sectarian attitudes of the past, and Jock Wallace would leave the club to be replaced by the Sampdoria player Graham Sunnis. Soonis was appointed the manager of Rangers in 1986, and he wanted one man to be his assistant, Walter Smith. Soonis had spent the summer of 1986 alongside Alec Ferguson and his assistant Walter Smith at the World Cup in Mexico, where Ferguson's Scotland side ultimately failed to live up to expectations. Due to Graham Soonis acting as the club's player manager, it was Walter Smith who would be the stern figurehead in the Ibrox dugout keeping things ticking over. Although Souness's first game for Rangers ended controversially when he was sent off for a hard tackle in Hibernian's George McCluskey, The Souness and Smith partnership would ultimately prove to be a very successful one. David Holmes had risked a lot by appointing Sooness as Rangers manager, but it didn't take long for things to start going right again thanks to the management team. Rangers would roar back with a Premier Division and League Cup double in 1987, and from then on, Smith wouldn't find himself too far away from silverware at Ibrox. After almost five years of being at Ibrooks as assistant, Walter Smith would be propelled into the manager's office in 1991 when Kenny Dalglish sensationally quit Liverpool and Soonis was headhunted by his former club. With four games left to go in April 1991 when Soonis left Rangers, the title was on the line. It seemed a massive risk for Rangers to give the job to Smith, even on a temporary basis to prove himself. The Rangers job was, after all, one of the most highly sought after managerial positions in the whole of Britain, and with English clubs banned from European football in the wake of the Heisel disaster of 1985, Souness Smith had been able to attract players from England and beyond with the promise of European football every season. The Rangers board and fans needn't have worried about giving Walter Smith the job though. The title was sealed with a win over Aberdeen, and with that, Smith was given the job on a full time basis. The boy from Carmile who grew up watching his beloved Rangers on the terraces of Ibrox had won the jackpot. Such was his reputation that Smith was able to prize Archie Knox away from Old Trafford where he was Alec Ferguson's assistant to come to Ibrox. The pair's chemistry was undeniable, even when Smith was famously interviewed by Chick Young for the BBC an interview where Smith berated John for his line of questioning and made the headlines of the front pages as well as the back pages. Under Smith's management, Rangers would go on to win trophy after trophy, especially in the league. After Rangers lost out to Celtic in the league in 1988, they then went on to dominate the Scottish league in a way that had only been done by Stein's Celtic in the 1960s and 70s. For Smith and Rangers, there was a real possibility of equaling Celtics nine in a row as the 90s went on. With players such as Brian Laudrup and Paul Gascoigne in the Rangers team on a regular basis, it seemed inevitable year after year that even at the start of a new season, it would be Rangers' name on the trophy come May. Smith's time in charge of Rangers coincided with a particularly fallow period for Celtic, It was a great time to be a Rangers fan when Walter Smith was in the hot seat. Rangers were spending big, with Smith spending over £50 million over a period of six years. But as long as the trophies kept coming, nobody of a Rangers persuasion minded. Smith equaled Jockstein's achievement of winning nine successive league titles in 1997. But the pressure was then on him to deliver a tenth title and give Celtic the ultimate humiliation. The pressure would ultimately be too much for Rangers as they crashed out of the Champions League to IFK Gothenburg and then the UEFA Cup at the hands of Strasbourg. As results started to falter, Smith announced in October 1997 that he would be leaving Rangers and retiring from management at the end of the season. Despite putting pressure on Celtic for most of the season, the Hoops were able to snatch the Premier Division title away from Rangers after a decade. Rangers still had the chance to end Smith's time at Ibrox on a high as they faced Hearts in the Scottish Cup final. Rangers fans would have been buoyant going into this game given they had defeated Hearts 5-1 in the 1996 Scottish Cup final. But ultimately, an exhausted Rangers team were beaten 2-1 by Jim Jefferies Hearts. As well as being Walter Smith's last game in charge of Rangers, it was to be Ally McCoy's last game as a Rangers player but it would only be a consolation goal and a silver medal for the affable striker instead of a cup win. Walter Smith's retirement from football didn't last very long as he was lured to Everton in the English Premier League. Despite at first being tempted by an offer from Sheffield Wednesday, Smith chose to go to Merseyside instead. Despite being in charge of the Toffees from 1998 until two thousand and two. Everton was a club in a poor state behind the scenes. It transpired that Smith had been lured to Goodison Park by false promises from the club's chairman Peter Johnson, who had promised him a big transfer budget, only to fail to deliver on this. While Smith did get a chance to spend money, it turned out that it was money Everton didn't actually have, and he would ultimately have to keep selling his best players in an attempt to balance the books and keep the club's debtors away. When the fans' favourite Duncan Ferguson, a player who Smith had managed previously at Rangers, was sold to Newcastle, Smith was outraged and considered walking out of the club. It was only the departure of Peter Johnson as chairman, replaced by lifelong Everton fan Bill Kenwright, that persuaded Smith to stay. Despite his best efforts, Smith was unable to get Everton into the top half of the table and eventually the fans turned on him despite as the Guardian's and Murray correctly saying that Everton were the epitome of dysfunction during Smith's tenure. In 2002, he was sacked by Everton after a 3-0 defeat in the FA Cup to Middlesbrough. But had he been kept on a few more weeks by Everton, he would have seen the emergence of a young Wayne Rooney, who immediately set the heather alight and helped improve the team's fortunes. As it was, Walter Smith returned to Scotland wondering what might have been. Without a job, Walter Smith was now able to enjoy some time away from football, but he was still keen for a return to management. In 2004, he answered a call from Sir Alec Ferguson, who was looking for an assistant manager at Old Trafford for a few months after the departure of Carlos Queiroz, who had gone to manage Real Madrid. Ferguson was full of praise for his new assistant, telling journalists, There are few people in the game with his experience, knowledge and technical ability. His talent and background will be major assets at such a critical time of the season. Despite only being at Old Trafford for a few months, it would prove to be a much happier time for Smith, as United reached the final of the FA Cup where they defeated Millwall 3-0 thanks to an opening goal from Cristiano Ronaldo and a double from Ruud van Nistelrooy. Darren Fletcher later told of the influence that Walter Smith had on Cristiano Ronaldo, who was at this point fresh out of Portugal and adapting to the English game. Smith decided that in United training sessions no fouls would be awarded, and this forced the young Ronaldo to adapt his style of playing to suit. It's fair to say it definitely had an impact. At the end of the season, Smith was again without a job and waiting for the right opportunity to come up. As luck would have it, it was the perfect shot at redemption for him after his spell on Merseyside. Following the departure of Craig Brown as Scotland boss in 2001, the Scottish FA decided to make a bold choice for their new manager by appointing the German coach Bertie Vogts. He was the association's first foreign appointment. Despite the high hopes with Vogts having won the 1974 World Cup as a player with West Germany, and Euro 96 as manager of Germany, things never really clicked for votes, and in 2004 he was sacked. With the national team at a particularly low ebb, the SFA needed an experienced manager who could get things back on track, and Walter Smith was just the man for the job. His first task was to get Scotland to the World Cup in 2006, which was to be held in Germany and things were tough given Scotland's group contained a very strong Italy side. Things improved dramatically under Smith, who chose Tommy Burns and Ali McCoist as his two assistants. Players started to enjoy playing for Scotland again, and although a 1-0 defeat to Belarus at Hampden ended any hopes of qualifying for Germany, things had improved massively. Attention then turned to qualifying for the European Championships in 2008 which were to be held in Austria and Switzerland, and despite being drawn in the same group as the World Cup winners Italy and the World Cup runners-up France, there was a real belief that Scotland could actually qualify under Smith. In addition to the positive results, Smith's team also lifted the Kieran Cup with Scotland in Japan, a trophy which is proudly on display at the Scottish Football Museum. Scotland started their Euro 2008 qualification campaign strongly, with a 6-0 win over the Faroe Islands at Hampden and a 2-1 away win in Lithuania. Scotland then had a very tough test at home to Ramon Domenech's France at Hampden, but against all odds Scotland emerged with a 1-0 win thanks to a goal from Gary Caldwell in the 67th minute. Scotland temporarily led the group almost unthinkable when the two previous World Cup finalists were in the same group. In typical Scotland fashion, a 2-0 defeat to Ukraine followed this, but things still looked very good in comparison to where Scotland had been in 2004. Things did not look very good over at Ibrox in late 2006, however. After Alec MacLeish left Rangers in May 2006, they appointed Paul Le Guin, who had previously had spells at Rennes and Lyon in his native France. While this exotic appointment seemed positive on paper, there were shades of Bertie Hort's time at Scotland, as Le Guin made a poor start to the season, trailing Celtic in the league and crashing out of the League Cup to St Johnstone in November 2006. Despite being unbeaten in the UEFA Cup group stages, with Rangers finishing top of their group, the Rangers board sacked Le Guin unceremoniously in January 2007. Almost immediately, there were rumblings that Walter Smith would return as manager, especially since he had told the SFA that Rangers was the only job he would leave Scotland for. Smith made a return to Ibrox, leaving Alec McLeish to take over at Scotland and narrowly failing to qualify for the Euros after a devastating 2-1 loss to Italy at Hampden. Smith announced his return to Rangers in style, with his team going away to Dundee United and winning 5-0. Despite Celtic winning the league, Smith gave Rangers fans hope for the next season, and what a season it would prove to be. Rangers lifted the League Cup in 2008 against Craig Levine's Dundee United side, and narrowly lost out on the SPL title to Celtic by only 3 points. The real excitement for Rangers fans though came in the UEFA Cup when the Light Blues made it all the way to the final in Manchester, defeating Panathinaikos, Werder Bremen, Sporting and Fiorentina. In Manchester, Smith's team would ultimately come up short against a strong Zenit St Petersburg side, but the team could hold their heads up high after flying the flag for Scotland in the competition. Despite a disappointing start to the 2008-09 season, where Rangers were knocked out of Europe by FBK Kaunas, a side owned by Vladimir Romanov, the Hearts owner, Smith would deliver Rangers 52nd league title, which was followed up by winning the Scottish Cup by defeating Falkirk in the final. After the disappointment of Paul Le Guin, Rangers fans seemed as if they had their club back. More trophies would follow such as the League Cup in 2010 when Rangers managed to defeat St Mirren in the final despite being reduced to 9 men. The 53rd league title was won away to Hibernian in May 2010 after a 1-0 win and Rangers fans were starting to enjoy the feeling of winning titles under Smith like they had been used to in the 1990s. In 2010, Smith announced that he would retire for good from management in the summer of 2011 and Ali McCoyce would be his successor, making the move from assistant to manager. Despite disappointing in the Scottish Cup, Rangers would clinch the League Cup in March 2011 in a dramatic final against Celtic, where Nikita Jelovic scored an extra-time winner to win Rangers' 27th League Cup. Walter Smith signed off in style by winning the SPL on the last day of the season against Kilmarnock, and after the disappointment of his first Rangers farewell, it was all smiles this time as the Rangers fans cheered their second most successful manager of all time off the field for the last time at Rugby Park. Following Smith's retirement from management, Rangers fortunes declined massively as David Murray sold the club to Craig White and Ally McCoyce was unable to deliver a 55th title. Rangers found themselves in the Scottish third division after the tumultuous summer of 2012 And Smith returned briefly as the club's chairman. Despite his stature at Ibrox, Smith was only in his role for a few months before stepping aside. Smith continued to enjoy watching Rangers as a fan from the main stand at Ibrox and became close to Steven Gerrard upon his appointment as Rangers manager. Gerrard was able to deliver an historic 55th league title in the summer of 2021, and attributed part of his success to the advice of Smith. Walter Smith passed away at the age of 73 in October 2021 following an illness. He is mourned by fans of clubs all across Britain for his achievements in the game, and despite his well-known love for Rangers he was respected universally. His great friendship with Tommy Burns was proof of this, with Smith being a pallbearer for Burns' coffin at his funeral in 2007. Despite the two men coming from opposing sides of the old firm, the respect shown by both men to each other was unmistakable. Despite Walter Smith's trophy haul of 10 Scottish League titles, 5 Scottish Cups, 6 Scottish League Cups and reaching a UEFA Cup final, Smith always remained incredibly modest. Given the number of titles that Smith won and was involved in winning at Ibrox, It's fair to say it puts him in the same bracket as the likes of Jock Steen, Jim McLean, and Alec Ferguson. To which Smith once said, These men were absolute managerial greats. I have done okay, but these guys were incredible. At the start of the podcast, we asked you which Scottish manager replaced Walter Smith at Everton in 2002. The answer is David Moyes. A centre back as a player, Moyes began his playing career at Celtic and turned out for the likes of Bristol City, Dunfermline Athletic, Hamilton Academical and Preston North End where he ended his playing career. At Preston North End he was briefly a teammate of a young David Beckham who had been sent out on loan from Manchester United by Alec Ferguson. Moyes started taking his coaching badges at the age of 22 and was appointed manager of Preston North End in 1998 with the club in Dire Straits. Moyes took Preston out of relegation danger and not only took the Lily Whites into Division 1, he also managed to reach the finals of the playoffs, where his team lost out on a place in the Premier League to Bolton Wanderers. Moyes left Deepdale for Goodison Park in 2002 and managed to keep Everton in the Premier League before going on to become one of the club's best-liked managers in the modern era. Moyes left Everton to replace Sir Alec Ferguson at Manchester United in 2013 and found it hard ultimately to replicate Sir Alec's achievements, leaving before the end of his first season in charge. Following stints in charge of Real Sociedad in Spain and Sunderland, Moyes is currently in his second spell of management at West Ham United where he has guided the Irons to the Europa League. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Scottish Football Citizen. Subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And join us again next week when we'll be looking back at more of the best of Scottish football from the past. If you'd like an extra football fix in your inbox every Tuesday, you can subscribe to Football Memories Scotland's weekly newsletter, The Football Special, and receive an email full of excellent pictures and stories from days gone by. To find out more email lindsay at lindsay.hamilton at scottishfootballmuseum.org.uk The Scottish Football Citizen is written, edited and produced by Andy Kerr for Football Memories Scotland, in association with Alzheimer's Scotland and the Scottish Football Museum. Additional contributions from Robert Harvey, Jim Orr, Lindsay Hamilton and Richard McBrearty. Additional material from BBC Sports Scotland, STV Sport The Times of London, Glasgow Times, A View from the Terrace and Sky Sports News.